Hey, welcome to the Northside Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this message today. Our prayer is that this message inspires you, encourages you, uplifts you, maybe even convicts you a little bit with the help of the Holy Spirit. We're grateful that you're joining us here on our podcast. We want to ask that you would real quickly just subscribe to this channel so that you could be notified when new messages go up every week and be looking out for new content in the new coming year of 2023 here on our Northside Church podcast. Enjoy the message. Well, you could be seated. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. If I didn't get to see you at the opening of the service. This is the last message of 2022, and so we are going to, Lord willing, end on a high note. You are in John chapter number 1, verse number 14. We're going to finish up our Christmas series tonight. John chapter 1, verse 14, and also we're finishing up our whole series in the Gospel of John for the year, and uh, there's so much we didn't get to, and we wanted to get to, but time does not permit. I want to give you just a smidgen of what the new year holds real quick. If you would start January the 1st, which you'll be here on Sunday morning, and start reading through the Psalms, we're going to take a journey through the Psalms in the year 2023. And God has just really been impressing on my heart about the book of Psalms and just what they mean and what they're for. And so uh, I would challenge you to read through. There's 150 of them. One a day, 150 days, and when you're done 150, start all over again, amen? And uh, so, just to give you a little hint, tonight we're going to talk about the fullness of Christ. In John chapter number 1, verse number 14, and I'm going to read verse 15, 16, 17, and 18 as well, but our text, our key verse that we've been looking at during this Christmas season is John chapter 1, verse 14, let's read it. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father. Here's our focus tonight. Full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Father, we ask to bless your word tonight. May you honor your word. We pray the Spirit of God would enable us to be able to teach your word, to rightly handle your word. May you speak to hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. John's Gospel opens with a highly developed theological summary. In short, the infinite became finite. The invisible became tangible. The transcendent became imminent. And that which was far off drew near. And the eternal word became flesh and moved into our world. John says in verse number 14, we have seen God. John said, we saw God. And it begs the question, how and where did they see God? I want you to note in verse number 14 is it gives us the answer. They saw God in the person 
of the Word, Jesus Christ. 1 John, which is His epistle, chapter 1, verse 1, that which was from the beginning, which we've heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we've looked upon and we've touched with our hands concerning the Word of life. In the incarnate Word, full, John said, of deity. Not partial deity, but complete, full, perfect deity. Paul said in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, For in Him... For in Him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. So the Bible tells us what God is like. But the Bible also tells us what God is not like. Without the Bible, we're left to an opinion. When it comes to explaining God and who He is, truth is unobtainable. Grace incomprehensible apart from divine revelation both of them full of grace and truth disclosed in the Lord Jesus Christ he said we've seen his essential glory but we have also seen a moral glory about Christ full of grace full of truth Pleris, it's an adjective, it describes, it means to be full, it means to be filled, it means to be complete. It refers to the content of Jesus. It's a metaphorical term for our souls when it says, you be filled with the Spirit. It's the content. That's what we're interested in when it comes to Jesus. The content. The content. So I want to make a statement tonight. God is gracious. And in His grace, you find His goodness. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. That is grace. Inside of grace, you find His kindness. Inside of grace, you find His mercy. His mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And inside of that grace you find His love for God so loved the world. And when we were yet sinners, God, what? Displayed His love toward us and let His Son die. That's grace. Grace. God is gracious. And if it were not for God's grace, His holiness would exclude us from His presence. Full of grace. Full of truth. So here's our supposition. We're going to have fun tonight with the word grace. Under five headings, we're going to use grace as an acrostic. G-R-A-C-E. Verse 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18. To understand the fullness of Christ when it comes to grace. So let me read again our text. And I want to give you this acrostic of grace. And I would ask you, as we end this year, if we meet for the last time in this year in this sanctuary, 
May we end on a high note of grace. May we understand the fullness of grace. May we understand what the fullness of grace is and has been given to us. John chapter 1 verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, essential glory, the glory, He said in verse 14. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of this moral glory, grace, and truth. John bore witness about Him and, and cried out. That's an interesting term there in verse number 15. He cried out. It means that, listen, when John the Baptist was alive, he was preaching about who Jesus is and the grace of God. And now that he's gone, it's still ringing out the wonderful story of Jesus. He's crying out. And what did he say in verse 15? This was He of whom... I said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. Verse 16, for from, the, what? for from his fullness. Don't miss that. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Look what verse 17 says. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. I don't know if you've noted it, but that's the fourth time grace is mentioned in this small little context. Look at verse 18. No one has ever seen God. But look what he says. The only, listen, the only God who is at the Father's side, He has made Him known. Number one, G in grace, God's grace. Did you note in verse number 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, the glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Grace, favor bestowed, generous benefits, freely given. Generous benefits, freely given. I want to turn to my wife's favorite psalms psalm 103 and i want to read to you grace's benefit package here it is bless the lord O my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name bless the lord O my soul and forget not all his benefits who forgives all our iniquity amen who heals all your diseases, amen. Who redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with a steadfast love and mercy. Who satisfies you with good, amen. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known His ways to Moses, His acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, amen, and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will He keep His anger forever, thank God. He does not deal with us according to our sins, amen, not, like, not, not repaying us according to our iniquities, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His steadfast love toward those who fear Him. You ready for this? As far as the east is from the west, so far does He remove our transgressions from us. 
As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. Thank God. That's a great place for an amen. He knows our frame and he remembers that we are but dust. You want to talk about grace? Grace is favor bestowed by God through His power to change your life. And He starts at salvation and goes, what, all the way from there. Grace is this dynamic force, this dynamic benevolent power that applies the goodness of God and the resources of God to every part of your life. Grace is all of God's good favor to His children given through the means of a benevolent goodness called grace. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That is grace. God's grace. Grace to overcome temptation. Grace to understand God's Word. Grace to overcome sin. Grace to endure suffering. Grace to endure disappointment. Grace to endure pain. Grace to obey Him. Grace to serve Him. Grace to pray to Him. Grace to worship Him. Grace through every aspect of life. Grace for the valley. Grace for the mountains. Grace in the storms. And grace in peace. Grace to face each new day. And the good and the bad. Grace for the ups and grace for the downs. Grace when I'm sad. Grace when I'm happy. Grace when I'm full of sorrow. And grace when I'm full of joy. Grace when I don't get it. And grace when I understand. Grace when I can't see God. And grace when I know He's there. God's grace. Grace to save me. Grace to keep me. Grace to secure me. Grace to sanctify me. Grace to strengthen me. And grace to see me through. Grace is the good pleasure of God that inclines him to bestow benefits upon the undeserving, A.W. Tozer said. C.H. Spurgeon was in, in England and he was visiting one of his critics of his orphanage. Spurgeon had criticized this man severely in the pulpit. And after hearing of Parker's church taking up an offering that consisted of three passes of the plate to pick up that much money, Spurgeon went and knocked on his door And said, you know, Parker, you've practiced grace on me. This is grace, y'all. You have given me not what I deserve, but you have given me what I needed. That's grace. Number two, God's grace. But number two, received grace. Verse number 16 says this. For from His fullness, we all have received grace Upon grace. It seems really overly simplistic, loved ones. That all the complexities in life that you and I exert this needless and countless amount of energy trying to make sense of. Listen to me. is found in one person. You say, how do I explain the craziness of life? I'm not making sense of this. It seems kind of too simple that it's found in one person. 
Everything that has value, listen to me tonight, everything that has value, everything that has meaning, everything that has to do with life, death, and eternity is summed up in Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 1 verse 19, For in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Colossians chapter 2 verses 9 and 10, For in Him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you've been filled in Him. See, the gospel is a simple It has all the answers I need for time and eternity. And who is it? Jesus. That word fullness there in verse number 16. It tells us in verse number 16. For from. Ek. It's a very interesting word. A word we take for granted in that text. For from. Ek. E-K. Ek. For from. For ek. It's a very interesting word. Very important word because what does that word mean? It means out of. Out of His divine fullness have we received. And we know what He's full of in verse 14, right? Full of grace and truth. So out of His fullness, out of His ek, we have what? Received. In John chapter 1 verse 16, and of His fullness, pleroma, ek pleroma, out of His fullness, out of His bounty, out of His deity, His fullness. This is a noun. And it carries three meanings. And don't miss this because I want to tie this together. It means that which is filled. That which fills and fills up. And that which is brought to fullness. It's the work God is doing in your life. So here's what we ask ourselves when we read verse 16. What have we received from God? Here's a better question. What have we not received from God? His fullness. We've received from His inexhaustible fullness. We have received everything. We have received everything we need for life and the life to come. Everything. I read just a minute ago, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. Listen, with every spiritual blessing, the totality of who He is. Listen, when you get God, you get all of Him. In layman's terms. So let me break it down to you in layman's terms. Imagine you have a half a million dollars in debt. Someone comes up to you and writes you a check for $500,000. And this is what they say. This is all for you. I'm going to cancel your debt. You don't have to do anything. All you have to do is reach out and take. And it's yours. So you take the money. You pay the debt. You are now debt free. Totally in the clear. So what do you have a boast about? Can you go around bragging that you had the power, the skill, the brains to reach out and grab that money? Can you talk about what favor you did for your benefactor, taking all the trouble, money off his hands? Does that make sense? Of course not. You received grace and nothing more. That that is grace giving you nothing less, everything you need. You were impoverished. You received riches from another person. None of us have any room tonight to stand up and brag about anything that we have in God. We have received the fullness of Him. Clearly, we have received these riches. But here's where it really gets good. And it's the third letter in grace. Accumulated grace. Not only have we received, but I want you to know what verse 16 says. Are y'all tracking? Get this. 
Listen, verse 16. For from him, his, for from his fullness, we have all received what? Grace upon grace. Look at me. I'm going to give this verse to you in so simple layman's terms. You ready for this? This is a great place for an amen. It's almost a good spot to get up and just shout. You and I are neck deep in grace. Did you hear what I said? You and I who are believers are neck deep in grace. That's what that verse means. Grace upon grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. It just piling up grace. Neck deep in grace. God's favor. God's goodness. God's kindness. God's love. Neck deep in that. It's heaping up. Now get this. If you were to read this in the Greek, the preposition, the way this is worded, don't miss this. Don't ever miss this. It's new grace supplied to old grace. See, here's what you need to understand. Grace sufficient for whatever new whatever I got going on in my life. God don't give me grace and say, I need you to go a month on it. He said, no, I'm going to give you grace from now, and I'm going to give you grace 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 now. See, today's grace won't do me for tomorrow's troubles. I need tomorrow's grace to deal with that. And tomorrow's grace won't deal with what? Yesterday's grace. I need grace for yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And God said, there's a plenty to go around accumulated grace, abundant grace, never exhausted grace. You say, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. No, I don't, but God does, and He's got enough grace for you. Accumulated grace, limitless, never-ending grace. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, But He said to me, My grace is sufficient. Anybody need that word today? Anybody need that word before the year ends? That God's grace is sufficient. Say, I hope grace is there tomorrow. Listen, grace will be there tomorrow and then some. Amen. Amen. Don't try to hang on to today's grace for tomorrow's troubles. Just wake up in the morning and just like His mercies are new every day, so is His grace new every morning. Listen, you can't go on what grace has been given to you in the last minute. You need grace for this minute. He's got grace. My grace is sufficient. I'm about to, yeah. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 7. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace. Accumulated grace. No day goes by where you're not a recipient of God's grace. Amen, church. Not a day goes by. Not a day goes by. Grace just stacking up in your life, neck deep in it. Amen? Super abounding grace continually, superimposed grace already received. Listen, before you wake up tomorrow, grace will be waiting for you. Yes. Accumulated grace upon grace. Amen? Neck deep in it. Spurgeon was going home from a day's ministry, weary and depressed. Suddenly lightning flashed in his mind in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, my grace is sufficient. And he said, I should think it should be, Lord. And he burst out started laughing. He went from being depressed to laughing after he heard this verse. And this is what he said. He said that it seemed to make his unbelief absurd. It was though some little fish 
being thirsty, was troubled about drinking the river dry. And the river looked at the little fish and said, Drink away, little fish. My stream is sufficient for you. Get this. Or it seemed like the seven years of plenty, a mouse feared that he would die from famine. And Joseph in Genesis might say, Oh, cheer up, little mouse. My granaries are sufficient for thee. And it might be this old man away up on a mountain saying to himself, I fear that I should exhaust all the oxygen in the atmosphere. And the earth would look at the man and say, Oh, breathe on, man, because my air is sufficient for thee. And Spurgeon ended with this, Little faith will bring our souls to heaven, but great faith will bring heaven to our souls. My grace is sufficient. Shall we continue? Here's the fourth one. Converging grace. I want you to notice what verse 17 says. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. There's a play on words in that verse. Can I read it to you again and see if you get it? For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. You see, the law permeates with God's glory. It's reflective of God's holy standard for righteousness. So here's what the law says. It demands holiness. It demands perfection. And what does it do? It elicits your conscience to sin. Because you know what it says? You can't live up to the standard. You will fail. The Bible said in Romans 3, 24, By works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight. Galatians 3, 24 Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. Listen, you cannot suppose that there is no grace in law though. Every time God told them in the Old Testament, kill that animal, sacrifice that animal, that was an act of grace. That was God on a temporary basis dealing with man. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ in John chapter 1 verse 29 the next day. He saw Jesus coming and he said, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. Romans 8, 3, For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending His Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, He condemned in the flesh. So let me break it down to you pretty quickly. The law was given, but grace came to where I was. The law said, You're guilty. The law gave me no hope. The law gives no second chances. But grace came to me. Grace came to me. Gnomai. It means to become. It means to take the place. This is a great word here in verse number 17. Came. See that little word? I put an emphasis. And grace came. Gnomai. Take place. Come to exist. Possess a certain characteristic. What did John 1.14 said? And the word became flesh. Sarks. Not this. Not this old sinful desires. But it actually became human. Into another existence. He came. Come to a state. He moved. And made his location different. That's what the word came. Grace came to me. See, the law manifests what man is and sinful. Grace manifests what God is and that is love. That's why grace came to me. Do you realize that God's grace is ever moving in your direction? It's coming to you. 
It's moving where you are. Now let me give you the last one. This is kind of a, an interesting E in grace is educating grace. You say, this is kind of different. It is. Look what verse 18 says. No man has ever seen God. You see that there? No man has ever seen God. Nobody. So how do we know God? Look at me. How do we know God? If nobody's ever seen God, how do we know God? That's grace. God gives us the grace to know Him. How do we know God? How do I know Him? Jesus is the one that defines God. No one has seen God. Why? He's invisible. God is invisible. Colossians 1.15, He is the image of the invisible God. Nobody's seen God at no time. John 4.24, God's a spirit. So the Son of God, the incarnate Word in the bosom of the Father. Now that's an interesting word, bosom. And I want to explain what that means. Can I do it by an illustration? Is that okay? This is what the word bosom means. It's an antiquated word. And and I want you to get this. It means this. Okay? So you'll kind of understand what it's talking about. When it says that he's in the bosom of the Father, it means this. Jesus is in the fold of of God in the bosom Jesus is in the most tightest intimate squeezed in in your pocket close to God is what that means he's in the fold of God right there you know what blessed me when I read that if I'm in Christ I'm in the fold of God And who else to let me know who God is than somebody that's that close to God? Amen? You ain't going to know who God is outside of Jesus. Amen? But the one who's in the fold of God, right there just tucked real close to God, he'll tell you who God is. That's educating. You know what that word be, be declared means? And I, I'm done. It's where we get our word exegete. Jesus explains God to us. He interprets God to us. See, religion makes God so farther away than we could ever reach. But biblical Christianity says, oh, you can know me. You just learn about me from the one who's folded into me. That's Jesus. That's what what that means. How do you explain God? How do you explain God? Through Jesus. Through his words. Through his actions. Jesus is the one who knows God. He's tightly tucked into his presence. So I end on this note. I end on this note. Three questions. Listen to me and I'm done. Three questions. Look at me. Is Jesus your Savior? It's Christmas, y'all. And this is one of those questions you ought to think about 
Is Jesus your Savior? He will be if you trust Him. The Bible tells us in John 3, 36, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. John chapter 1, verse 12, but to all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Is He your Savior? Have you trusted Him? Number two, second question. Believer, if you're a Christian, look at me. Are you drawing from His grace every day? Or are you trying to do it on your own? How many of us go through the whole day without even drawing off of God's grace? And it's just piling up. It's neck deep. Say, I'm neck deep in it. Say it. No, you're supposed to say it. I'm neck deep in it. Say it. Yeah, you're neck deep in it. But how many of us don't draw off of that? We got it figured out. We do it on our own. That's why it fails. That's why you flop. That's why you fall flat of your face. Third question. Is Christ's grace flowing through you to other people? See, if you're a recipient of God's grace, His goodness, His kindness, and His love, doesn't it seem right that you love, you're kind, and you're good to other people? We should be gracious to other people, shouldn't we? Amen. And I close with this verse. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. This is our prayer for the year. Write it in your Bibles. Write it in your notes. 2 Peter 3, 18. This is your prayer for the year. 2023. But grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now to the day of eternity. That's your prayer. May I grow in grace, Lord, this year. And may you be glorified now until eternity for the life I live. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed tonight, we're about to partake of communion to remember, to remember what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And I want you to take a moment right there in your seat, right there where you're sitting. I want you to do business with God. Pray. Pray. And I want you to ask God to search your heart and really dig deep into you. So when you partake of communion and the Lord's Supper, you do it knowing that you are right with God. So let's take a moment. Let the Holy Spirit of God search our hearts as we prepare to partake of the Lord's Supper. You take a moment now.